Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm feeling great. We got the cast in the house tonight. Yes, we do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Titans in here. Go to go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? We're ready to rock, man. Ready to rock, yeah, camera guys. Ready to roll. Mike, you ready? Ready. Ready. This is free to hop bottom and exclusively available in Apple Podcast and Podcast One. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. Jimmy Kimmel. I have to believe that Kobe right now is looking down from heaven and going, I am determined to learn to play Moonlight Sonata better than Alicia Keys. <laughs> this is the Dan Patrick Show. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Once again, we're down to Danette. Fritzy is still out, but we have the curtain over his desk in memoriam for Fritzy, and we hope that he's on the mend and he will be back tomorrow. Would you check under the uh, the curtain there and make sure Fritzy's not there, McLovin? I didn't think he was here. No? Very possible he could have been no. there. Yeah, no. No, he's not there. Fritzy is, uh, Fritzy is out today, and we <laughs> hope that he's feeling better. And could be back as early as tomorrow. Can you imagine if we put that up the whole time? Oh, no, he notebook. no, but he couldn't do that. You know, he freaks out. He gets claustrophobic. When I, and, and the back, if you're watching on Audience Channel 239 or BR Live, the back part of the curtain, it looks like it's circular. It's like a, a velvet cone of silence there. The back is open. And Fritzy starts to freak out because he goes, hey, I get claustrophobic. I said, if you just turn your chair around. It's wide open there, Tom. Oh. All right, uh, final hour here, McLovin. What's the full question we're going to go with? Uh, we went with uh, last hour. Uh, if you were the Raiders, would you offer Tom Brady three years, $90 million? Surprisingly, 58% say no. I would if I, if I wanted to make a splash in Vegas, and I thought that Brady was an upgrade over Derek Carr. But this might be more of the splash part of this, that you bring Brady in. But you're going to have to overpay to get it. If you said... The, the Raiders are offering the same thing as the Patriots. You're not getting him. If you want him, you have to overpay, plain and simple. It's happened before in all sports because you have to give that guy some thought where he goes, pause for thought, and where he goes, man, they are giving me a third year guaranteed. I did say I want to play till I'm 45. Part of the selling of the TV 12 method is he keeps playing. He defies the odds. Father time, oh, my gosh, he must be onto something here. What he eats, uh, the exercises, pliability. I mean, he would be a walking endorsement, and he would be able to do that for three more years. But I think if it's going to be equal two-year deal, one plus one, he'd probably stay with the Patriots unless somebody is going to blow them away. Now, I do look at better places than the Patriots. The Colts, to me, would be an ideal situation. I got a great GM. I got a really good coach. I got a great offensive line. I got some skilled position players. And I get to play half my games indoors. That's it. Now, could you imagine the PR move here by Brady going to the Colts? Since the Colts are the ones that called him out for Deflategate? Oh, boy. But if you're looking at a team where you could go right now, and, boy, how sad would that be? Poor Jacoby Brissett. You would be replacing Jacoby Brissett with the Colts. 
I don't. I mean, the Titans is that's an interesting move because he's going to go and he's going to be around a former teammate. But you know, Derrick Henry got a great running back. Do you have enough skill position players there for Brady? And the Chargers, you got skill position. How good is that offensive line? Then you got the Raiders. Raiders have some young talent there. Good running back, good tight end. Uh, wide receiving core, probably considered better than the Patriots. And then you got John Gruden. So I, I think that there's some there's some aspects here that Brady will consider. I think Brady would probably love to go, all right, you don't want me? All right, see you. Because if I'm the Patriots, I'd probably go, I'm going to call his bluff here. You know, do you really want to go? Yeah, Paul. And I wonder if Tom Brady, if he knows he's going somewhere, thinks to himself, I want to be in the AFC. I want to be in the AFC title game against the Patriots, home or away. And if you're at the Colts, mm, you met, I mean, the NFL and the NFL media would pray for a Colts-Patriots AFC title game over everybody. And we're not sold on the AFC South, are we? Like, doesn't that feel like, you know, the Texans, are you sold on the Texans as the team to beat in the AFC South? Like, the Colts, it feels like, I mean, that's a good nucleus there. And Frank Reich is your head coach. I don't know if Brady would consider that. But if I got to play half my games indoors at that age, man, I'd strongly consider that. And playing against the AFC South, maybe it's similar to the AFC East. Maybe. But I would I would strongly consider that. Because I like Frank Reich in there, former quarterback who's now the head coach. Chris Ballard has proven to be a very good GM. No, that would that'd be a place that I'd certainly look at for a soft landing. Yeah, McLovin. Colts sometimes feel like one of those teams that gets injured every year. Like T.Y. Hilton, you never yeah, know if he's going That's my only concern with them. But, man, I Quentin Nelson in front of you is a nice little thing to have. Yeah, it is. You know, the, he's got a really good offensive line. And then you draft a couple of wide receivers, and presto changeo, you know what? You could be a powerhouse there. Yeah, McLovin. Uh, the Titans in that AFC South picture. Some people think they're the team. To but beat. I don't know, is is Derrick Henry staying there? I don't know. Is Tannehill staying? Well, I, I would only be concerned about facing Derrick Henry, not Ryan okay. Tannehill. But, but, if, but if he doesn't stay there, now all of a sudden are the Titans that formidable? It was a great story last year, but they rode Derrick Henry, you know, to the title game. By the way, uh, McLevin got into a little... Twitter war. We're going to call it a war. war. It, I think it's a beef right now with yeah, Julian Edelman of the Patriots. It's a corned beef. See what I'm doing oh, there? Oh, all right. Food. All right. So McLovin tweeted out when he found out that Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from uh, Alabama, wears the star of David because of his last name, Judy, and his nickname is Jew. Right. And McLovin said, oh, great. You know, we got the, the best. Jewish wide receiver in the NFL now? Oh, I said we have a new best Jewish okay. wide receiver. Move over, Julian Edelman. And Edelman responded by saying, Easy, Rod. Which <laughs> is a line from Super Troopers. <laughs> no response from Edelman. Here is uh, Jerry Judy explaining his star of David. So, my last name, Judy. People sometimes call me short for a Jew, like one Jew. So, I just got a Jewish star. So, yeah, I'm not Jewish, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Paul. He went on to say he's a matzo baller. Oh, yeah, he okay. did that. Cut it off, Paul. All right. We also had Joe Burrow 
I don't know if it was Joe Burrow drama. I don't know if he made any headlines here, but Joe Burrow met with the media and was asked about the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I'm not going to not play. Uh, I'm a ball player. Whoever picks me, I'm going to go show up. Okay. I'm not going to not play. Whoever picks me, I'm going to go there. I'm a baller. I'm a ball player. Um, okay. I, I'm not going to. I'm not creating headlines in Cincinnati. I'm not going to read anything into this. I'm just going to say, okay, this is pretty much status quo. This is his comments every week, varying degrees of that. Yes, McLean. That not going to not play confused a lot of people in the media. Like there was immediately tweets saying he's not going to play. Wait, what? It sounded like when Todd, when Landon Donovan asked Todd, uh, who wouldn't want to uh, watch the greatest soccer player retire? It was a very <laughs> confusing moment for the, the media. And then Joe Burrow talked about uh, his style with the Bengals. What's your concern level of in terms of where you go and how that actually shapes the future and trajectory of your entire career? Yeah, you know, I think uh, with any quarterback, the future is really important. Um, but you don't have a lot of say in that in the draft. Whoever picks you, picks you, and you, you got to go play. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try to make whoever picks me work. I think that my skill set is really diverse, that um, you fit in a lot of different teams. So I'm going to try to be the best player I can. All righty. I don't think we learned anything. Pretty much, this has been the same the last couple of weeks here. The Cowboys situation with Dak Prescott, uh, Jerry Jones' son, Stephen Jones, talked about it. And uh, they moved back the tag deadline. Not clear if there'll be a franchise tag or transition tag, which affects the Cowboys. Not to mention, if you're Dak or Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, do you want to wait until the collective bargaining agreement is done? And uh, they're not letting Dak Prescott go. Jerry, Jerry Jones' son said, absolutely not. Dak's our quarterback. He's our quarterback for the future. We know he wants to be here, and we want him to be here long term. Where are those Tom Brady rumors? Where did they go? I thought that that was a big deal here. Apparently not. It's because Jerry was using that as leverage, everybody. That's how it works. You leak it out, and all of a sudden people run with it, panic with it. All of a sudden, I guess you're trying to, you know, scare away Dak, Pre- scare Dak Prescott's agent, or Dak goes, wait, wait, we, we should be signing this. They might bring in uh, Tom Brady. No. You're their future. That makes the most sense. And uh, are you worth that money? You're the next guy up. So I can't say, well, you're not worth it if there are, you know, 10 guys before you that shouldn't have got what they got either. It's the going rate for a quarterback, but Dak has to understand you're going to cause the Cowboys to cut some players that you're going to need to win championships. You want to cement your legacy? You want to be an all-time great? you got to have help. As great as Mahomes was, if he doesn't have that defense, they're not winning the Super Bowl. Brady, all of those years that he won Super Bowls, How many times did he have a good defense, an opportunistic defense? Was there a big play in a Super Bowl? And the answer is absolutely yes. you got to have that. But if you pay somebody $40 million, then there's going to be casualties probably on the other side of the ball. Look at Seattle with Russell Wilson. Russ got paid, rightfully so, deserved to get paid. It cost them because then you start to get rid of defensive players. And Seattle has not been the same. Yeah, Paul. 
But the, but the Cowboys are in a position where they spent all that money on a running back, the position you're not supposed to spend on. Really? And and that's going to hamper them more when it comes to spending on an offensive lineman, a pass rusher, a defensive back. If they're going to give you – know, Jalen Smith is a great player, but he is a middle linebacker. And those are not high-value positions. And they're going to pay him. Didn't they just lose a defensive back, McLovin? Felt like uh, – Yes. Uh, look it up. Hold on. They gave Jalen Smith a, a big boatload of money in August. Did Jones get released, or did, did somebody get? They're not keeping him. Has like been the rumor. I don't okay. know if they did it yet. Okay. Yeah, I I wouldn't have kept Ezekiel Elliott because that offensive line, I feel like I can find a running back, and I got as much as I could get out of Zeke, and then now you start to pay. Now you you know you're paying him big money at that position, and that's a position I feel like I can find quality players. I mean, we, we found that in the last five years. Like, you're going, where'd this guy come from? Where'd that guy come from? And it it's harder to do that with a uh, quarterback where you go, we're going to surprise everybody with this guy. You can surprise people at the running back position. Yeah, Paul. Ezekiel got a bigger contract than Todd Gurley got. Yeah. Gurley got $45 million guaranteed. Yeah. Elliott, who's healthier, no arthritis, $50 million guaranteed. Yeah, but he's run differently. I mean, he still had a good year, m- missed some games, but – I, I just didn't want to – I'd rather spend my money on a quarterback than I would a running back. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, the headline was that they sound ominous on uh, re-signing cornerback Byron Jones. Yeah. Cowboys. See, you're, so you have these casualties, financial casualties there. That goes along with paying your quarterback. Did you say Drew Brees and the Saints was the big – the classic with Flacco and the Ravens? You yeah. go through it's uh, – that's why no one repeats a Super Bowl champion except the Patriots. Yeah, it's, and the only reason was Brady wasn't asking for market value. Now he's going to ask for market value, maybe a little less than market value. But Brady doesn't win all these Super Bowls if he doesn't do this. I mean, I'll give credit to Belichick with his ability to bring in people, and he always seems to get rid of somebody uh, earlier than too late. Reclamation projects. He'll he'll gladly take your leftovers, your cast-offs. But I think that's been part of this is Brady doesn't is not financially strapping the Patriots here. And these quarterbacks, and they deserve to be paid. Patrick Mahomes deserves to be paid. He does have to understand there will be financial casualties. There will be. Uh, what's the final hour poll question we're going to go with? Uh, we could go with that. Uh, I was curious, if you are the Bucks or the Dolphins or the Bears, mm-hmm. I don't think the Bears really have it, would you take on Tack Prescott for $40 million? A year, because I think the Cowboys could be had if uh, if you're another team. If if they sign to a franchise tag and a team wants to try and sign him, they can give up two first round picks and offer him forty million dollars a year. And the Cowboys. If you have, said I I could get two first round picks. Yeah, if you're the Cowboys from a bad, from a bad team. Right, say the Bucks or the Dolphins. Who are I would do that. Okay. I yeah. would do that. What if you're the Bucks or the Dolphins? Would you be that interested in Dak Prescott? No. Yeah, Paul. Because then you're paying for Dak Prescott at his, the highest end of his contract. You're missing his first four cheap years. Yeah, that's you got to have that. He was a bargain. Yes. Even a guy like Mitch Trubisky for the Bears, they're not really paying him yet. If they decide to sign him in his next deal, which they probably won't, then they're going to pay him. That's the decision. The, the rookie deal is fantastic. What's interesting, though, with the Cowboys situation, Cowboys haven't spoken to Dak's agent since the start of the season. I don't know if that's going to matter. But uh, I think everybody knows what – like, I don't like to know how close they are with 
you know, what Jerry wants to pay and what Dak Prescott's side will take. That's what I'm curious about. Uh, Carol in Virginia joins us. Hi, Carol. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan. Hi, Carol. Turn down your radio. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Um, a couple of things. Um, I um, banana bread. Um, I just finished a banana bread that I made just yesterday. Um, other thing, also, there is a Jewish offensive lineman uh, that plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Uh, I think McLovin mentioned that. Thank Mitchell you. Schwartz. Yeah. Yeah, Schwartz's brother, yeah. Uh, Carol was mentioning banana bread. My wife made banana bread last night. I don't know if it's National Banana Bread Day. may have been yesterday. But, yeah, it was definitely this week. Was it really? Remember, because we did uh, National Sticky Buns Day last oh, that's week. Right. That's and we right. teased the big uh, banana bread day. And I said to my wife last night, when we used to do the show out of my house, the attic, and uh, I said, you know, the Danettes, they still bring up when you would make banana bread, and they could smell it upstairs. And, and she said, did I ever bring banana bread up to those guys? And I said, I don't think so. So she goes, I got to make banana bread. So last night, I think she's starting making the banana bread at 8.30. And uh, so I brought in a loaf of banana bread because I'm just trying to pick up the spirits here. Obviously, everybody's down because Fritzy's not here today. The banana bread is more than compensated. <laughs> she did bring up one time a tray, like a, a platter. Yeah. Like a, one of squ- rectangle platters full of freshly cooked bacon, yeah. and it was just Zena and I, and we just destroyed the whole thing. Well, because my wife and I kept thinking, at what point did the Danettes go, what am I doing in somebody's attic trying to do a national radio show? At what point? Yeah. Uh, minute one, day one. <laughs> so well, I What go, the hell are we doing? I go, I think we got to kind of fool them a little bit. Like, we got to, like, make some treats here. And uh, and then the fact that she would always be cooking something great, and then I went, oh, my God, she didn't she didn't bring it up. That My favorite part, aside from the banana bread and those delicious smells, was when your kids were getting in trouble for something. No and, like, we would just be sitting up there, like, typing something, <laughs> and it would be like, hey, did you call your grandfather for his birthday? What do you do? What? And you could just hear kids getting in trouble for not doing stuff, and there was, like, real-life stuff going on while we're trying to figure out. Oh, my God. Or I would so get to funny. my computer in the morning, and there'd be a game of Halo on pause. <laughs> like, I don't play Halo. What the hell is this? And then I said to my son, I said, uh, hey, were you on Paulie's computer? No, why? I said, well, there's a Halo game, and then you could just see this look like, ah, oh, I didn't cover my tracks. I said, yeah, you, you can't be using our computers the for Halo. character's name is J. Patrick 77 uh, There's some crumbs there. Son. Yeah, he didn't cover his tracks there. It was such an unbelievable thing. I remember where I was so thankful that my wife was like, yeah, you can do the radio show upstairs. Because she would be in her bathrobe getting four kids out the door to go to school, and you guys would be coming up the back steps. And I went, oh, my God. How did how did you put up with that? Yeah, Paul. But in all seriousness, I really enjoyed it the first you know, the first year because there, you didn't have badges, you didn't have silly corporate meetings that we all had to go through and silly forms to fill out. It was just come in, do the radio show, try to make it entertaining, eat lunch, go home, and it was more. We focused just on the show, not all the ancillary business things that uh, corporations do. But I will say it's the best sounding studio I've ever been in. And for some reason, these were just two bedrooms that we combined, and we put the uh, glass between the two, and then we put in this equipment, and my side of this studio, my bedroom, that sound quality was unbelievable. You never knew that we were doing that show from my house. For three years, 
Until the cat would sit on Seton's board and knock everything out of whack, and there's hair all over it. I know. Other than that, it was fantastic. But the only reason why we, we left is because my neighbors said, hey, you live in an association. You can't run a business in an association. I said, well, I don't know if we're actually running a business here. But And then they go, you got three months to get out, or I'd get fined. And then that's when we went to Seven Seas, had a beer that day, and I went, I don't know what we're going to do. And then we went upstairs and found uh, the old dance studio and converted that. And now look at us. Now look at this man cave. All right, more phone calls coming up here. It's 20 after the hour. i got to get into the uh, Deontay Wilder excuses because he's got, a, he's got a, a doozy here as to why he lost that fight. I have that for you. He had a comment uh, to The Athletic, and uh, we'll have that for you coming up here next. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. 21 after the hour, back after this. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Doing great. We got a stack in the house tonight. Yes, we do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Tight. Don't you know, go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? We're ready to rock, man. You ready to rock? Yeah, Camera guys. Ready to roll. Mike, you ready? Ready. Ready. This is free to hop box and exclusively available in Apple Podcast and Podcast One. I just uh, got this tweet. Uh, let me see. What's uh, what's his name? I can't even. I don't even know his name. But it's a long name, and uh, he says, "Let's trademark this together. If Brady goes to the Raiders, we'll call them the Braiders." Okay. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let him trademark that. I mean, we we could come up with a T-shirt maybe, but uh, the Braiders when uh, Tom Brady goes there. Also, Callaway just sent me golf balls, and uh, they always do. They send great gear. And it's got the DP Show logo on it. Now, it's nice to have your name on your golf ball, except for when you lose your golf ball, and then somebody finds your golf ball, and they go, uh, dude, I found your golf ball. Because I had some other DP Callaway golf balls, and I went and played, and I lost two golf balls. And then I had somebody who left one in my locker and then had a note there, you know, like, how bad a golfer are you? Do you know where I found this golf ball? And then I was like, um, yep, that's right. I uh, did lose my golf ball. Yeah, Paul. When you're playing casual golf with friends, how tight is the scoring? How PGA-ish is the scoring? If, if oh, my, mine's loose. Very loose? or uh, And does it have to be agreed upon by friends? I went golfing last year with a guy who's actually a pretty good golfer, but he's very good score-wise. He was very loose rule-wise. Like, his lie was not that bad, and he would just kick it over for a better lie. Not like a drainage pipe hmm. or a monstrous divot. It was just, I'm going to get a little better angle on this one. It's called a foot wedge, Paulie. Yeah. It's a foot wedge. But then he made fun of me because I'm, you know, getting an eight and while well, he's getting a five. But I I hit where, I, where the ball is. It depends on what's at stake because I don't play for money because it brings out the worst in me. 
And uh, I don't want to be competitive if I'm out there. I'm already competitive with the game itself. I, d- I don't want to win money if, I, if I'm playing poorly. And I've done that before, where you, somebody pays you money and you didn't play well. But, uh, yeah, if you keep it cash, then it's fine. You know, Patrick Reed is really under fire because there's, there's now all – one person criticizes you, now it's open season. Just ask the Astros. One person, then everybody goes, yeah, I knew something was going on there. Now Patrick Reed is like, man, that guy cheats. I don't know how often he does, but it feels like he was cheating a lot more than we thought. Yeah, see. Which is so strange, too, because there's, now there's all these people that are like, oh, yeah, I saw him do that, too. It's like, well, why didn't you say something I know. then? I know. What are you saying it now for? Yeah. Yeah, why didn't somebody come forward? Why wasn't there a whistleblower like Mike Fires? Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Deontay Wilder claims that uh, the costume he wore into the ring is part uh, partially to blame for his loss to Tyson Fury. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was it, it looked robotic there. McLevin, do you know how to describe that? Is it's it... like this heavy pro wrestling mask. Okay. No, I can't. It's really hard to describe. It was very weird. Now, it weighed over 40 pounds. It was his tribute to Black History Month. And uh, he said that uh, he wasn't the same person once he got into the ring because his uniform was very heavy. He had no legs from the first round on. He says it's his fault. Now, keep in mind, he didn't have any excuses when he lost to Tyson Fury. Like, if you're going to have an excuse, I, I love it. I don't believe it for a second, but I do love that he said, you know what? It was this stupid costume that I decided to wear into the ring. Uh, I didn't expect it to be that heavy and have that effect on me, said Wilder. That's the thing we didn't test out <laughs> walking to the ring. <laughs> we didn't time it right. It's all my fault. It's a learning process. Oh, my gosh. The fact that he brings up Black History Month, then it makes it a little harder to criticize him because he said, look, I, I wanted to pay tribute to all the men and women who came before me and risk, uh, and I risked that over my title. They died for me. They paved the way for me. Okay, you were wearing this costume in there, and it weighed over 40 pounds, and you got too tired after you walked in. What kind of shape were you in when you got in there? Because we thought you were the one in good shape. If Tyson Fury said this, I would absolutely believe him. Because I would think that guy wasn't in good shape. And maybe he did get tired. Probably had a couple of cigarettes in route, you know, heading into the ring, for all we know with him. But Deontay Wilder? Man. You know, if you don't get hit in the face, you don't have to worry if your legs are in good shape. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he fell because he got knocked in his head and knocked, you know what, out. That is so good. God, <laughs> it's a, just, I, I just hope it's true. I, you can't prove. That, that it didn't affect him, adversely affect him, right? It, it didn't. You don't know. Because all he has to do is say, I didn't have my legs. Well, you know when he didn't have his legs? After the third round. <laughs> That's when you didn't have your legs. I love, remember when Tyson walked into the ring? Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was all business. He had no socks, had black shoes, black trunks, and he had like a Belichick-type sweatshirt on. Maybe a towel. Like he was there... He, he was like, hey, I got this appointment. You know, can we hurry up here with this fight? Because I, I got some other things to do in my hotel room, if you know what I mean. Let's go. Let's go. I'm on the clock. Let's go. 
He was no – it was all business when Tyson got in that ring. And having been in Atlantic City and watching him get in the ring, and that was against Joe Frazier's son, and I went, he got in there. And then Michael Spinks, too. And when he when, – I, I have great respect for fighters, man. Because when you get in that ring, it's usually one guy's getting out in decent shape and the other guy's not. And you can't quit. Like, you're there. And when I saw Joe Frazier's son walk into the ring and look over and see Tyson. Because Tyson, if you said ding, like he couldn't wait to go over there and just pound him. He was just like pacing, pacing, back and forth. And Marvis Frazier was just looking at Tyson like, God, this is going to hurt. And you can't ask for help. And it's not like it's a tag team where your dad can come in and help you. And then when you had Michael Spinks, who was a wonderful fighter, but never should have been fighting Mike Tyson. Never. He was good in his weight class, and then they, they moved him up. And I, you know, Mike, same way. It's rare when you see fear on a professional athlete's face. I saw fear. I saw fear. And I didn't blame them. God. Because Tyson was just ready. He just wanted this over with as quickly as possible. There were no style points, no nothing. Not, I'm going to carry you for a couple of rounds here. It was like, let's get this over with because I got other things to do. Yeah, Paul. I'm watching the clip of the Marvis Frazier Tyson fight, and it only lasted less than a round. But Frazier's looking down at his feet before the fight, and they're having trouble with the clock. So they had to wait, and they're holding Tyson back. Tyson's got his like leg cocked back and his arms back like he's ready to charge out like a bull. Man. And he's staring right at him, and he's like, like stutter stepping because he's ready to go. Frazier looks like he wants to be anywhere else. Awesome. I'm trying to remember how many fights I went to that Tyson fought. Now, I, I, I saw, gosh, I was so lucky. I got to see Sugar Ray Leonard. I went to Sugar Ray Leonard's first retirement in Baltimore. I think he retired six times. But I got to see Ray fight. I got to see Holmes fight. Jerry Cooney, Ken Norton, uh, Vito Anafermo. Thomas Hitman Hearns, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, nice. Alexis Arguello, Aaron Pryor. Because when I was in New York, there were always these fights, and we would cover these fights. Well, I told you the story that I would go to boxing press conferences. If it was a big fight, even if I didn't cover it, I went to two boxing press conferences just to eat because I didn't make any money back then. And... And I just said, hey, I'm with CNN. And they kept saying, hey, whenever you want to talk to Fighter X, uh, let us know. I go, I, I got my cameraman. You know, he's at the United Nations. <laughs> he's going to be – Ricky. Ricky's going to be here in a minute. Meanwhile, I would be just – the shrimp looked like they were, you know, bluegill or catfish. Like, they were so big. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get – I'll interview him in a minute here. And then I'd go up to the, you know, boxing promoter, whoever, PR person, say, yeah, Cameraman, you know, CNN, you know, we're world's most important network. And uh, sorry about that. And I don't, I don't even know who it was, but uh, I remember going twice and just to eat. They had great press conferences. All right. Uh, let me see. NBA season continues to roll on NBA League Pass. you got to have that. That's what I used last night as I was uh, going uh, up and down the channels in the 600s. I was watching the Mavs last night against the uh, Timberwolves. That's where I'm watching Luca, and I'm going, he is making this scene. He did a cameo. I think he went like 
25, 9, and 7 in 25 minutes. Like, it was just one of those, I'm going to put in a little time here. Almost like a practice. And you get that feeling when you watch him that he's around 26, 27 years of age. And then you realize he's, what, 20? And he he just put in a little bit of time last night. That's a good offensive team. Mavs are a really good offensive team. I don't know if they're going to be doing any damage come playoff time, but they're a good good offensive team. Yeah, Paul. Luka played 25 minutes, had 20 points. Nine rebounds, seven assists. Yeah, Chelsea. it was just a drive-by. Uh, visit NBA.com or the NBA app to sub- uh, subscribe today. A couple of phone calls here. Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What do you have for me today? What up, though, Dan? Uh, this was call- while you were talking about the Deontay Wilder situation. Yeah. He's a new meme. They have a side-by-side with him and a picture with Martin Lawrence after he got beat up by Tommy Hines. And it kind of looks exactly the same. My question to you, Dan, is this. Do you see Patrick Mahomes taking a hometown discount by them telling him you're getting ready to be the face of the NFL? You're going to make more money. And it seems like a lot of people are in love with the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you were him, would you do so? I'd like to know what's at risk here. Who are the financial casualties? And thank you, Jeff. Because if if – Management came to me and said, look, we want to make you the highest paid player. There's no doubt about that. But we also want to make sure that we have another title run, that we want to be able to defend our title. Now, you, you can really help us here. If you don't, then we're probably going to have to lose a couple of players. You win Super Bowls, you get endorsements there. Dak Prescott's getting endorsements, and he hasn't come close to a Super Bowl. He barely made the playoffs, and he's already getting endorsements. Mahomes was getting endorsements. Now you win a Super Bowl. Now he's going to get even more endorsements here, not just State Farm. But if you if you win another Super Bowl, that's when things change a little bit here. And I think if you're saying to Patrick Mahomes, I would just want to know, okay, if I take this, what can we do? I would want to have a, you know, give me a spreadsheet here because you got to be fair to Patrick Mahomes because he, can he be involved in decisions here? And you might say at that price, we're going to ask you to be quarterback and you can be part-time GM here. But he has to understand you're going to lose some people at some point because of your salary. Not fair to put the blame on him, but that's, that's what happens when you get that kind of money. Every team. You end up losing players because that quarterback gets so much money. Yeah, Paul. You mentioned if you're Mahomes, you'd want to know or at least be involved in some way. Over the past 10 years, we've seen about 100 stories that Brady has nothing to do with personnel decisions with the Patriots. I've, I don't think any of us ever believe that, that they're just going to draft a wide receiver or a running back. Without oh, no, his. I believe it. Yeah, you always have. I do. I, I, I don't he think, denies it publicly. I don't think Belichick goes, uh, hey, Tommy, I'm uh, thinking about Sony Michelle. What do you think? Hey, I'm thinking about Nikhil. I don't think that... You don't think he, at any level, they say, here's some of the players we're looking at. We'd like your feedback. You'd like, you want to chop them up a little bit? No, because I think if you're Brady, you trust what the process has been. Like, he, he has to have complete trust in Belichick because Belichick has put a proven product out on the field to help him win. Now, it's been up to Brady and Belichick to create... It feels like it's a different offense every year, but... 
I think that he has confidence in Belichick that he will fill in the void, whatever's missing. Yeah, McClellan. I remember one time Brady spoke up because they let Logan Mankins, the offensive yes. lineman, go. And it turned out like it was that the right might, decision. Might have been the last time he's Logan Mankins. It turned out he was injured, and the Patriots didn't let anyone know, and the Bucks got screwed over by that. I love that that he's injured. Brady's upset. They're getting rid of Logan Mankins, and then we're wondering, like, God, why would you upset Brady like that? Next thing you know, Logan Mankins has announced his <laughs> retirement, and he went, oh, Belichick did it again. Yeah, Paul. I think you said this like five years ago. If the Patriots call me to offer a trade, nope. I turn down the trade automatically nope. because it's wrong for me. No, nope. I just say no. I would have caller ID with just Belichick. Uh, got an uh, offensive lineman. Love to give you, uh, but we need. Uh, yeah, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> Next thing you know, you get an offensive lineman who's missing a hand. <laughs> Yo, wait, wait, he didn't have a hand. Sorry, we didn't uh, mention, uh, forgot to mention that uh, last time he uh, when he left New England, he had it to a hand. <laughs> uh, we're not responsible for whatever happened after that. Yes, McLovin. <laughs> Weren't the Atlanta Braves like that with pitching? Like, if the Braves started sniffing around with yeah. the pitchers, yeah. like, that meant you have a Cy Young winner you just didn't know about? Well, you had Leo Mazzoni, and it felt like once Leo got his hands on this pitcher, it was like, wait a minute, what happened here? All right, take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. We'll do that right after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. This day in sports history... Basketball tonight, Pelicans against the Lakers. Paulie has an NBA question for me. Paulie, you may ask. If there's two premium games tonight, premier games tonight, right. you have to watch one and why, and is it close? Bucks at the Raptors. Bucks at the Raptors in Eastern Conference preview, finals no. preview. No. Or Pelicans-Lakers. Pelicans-Lakers. And it's not close? Not close. Even though the, the first one is the more competitive game and the Eastern Conference finals probably. Maybe. Not exciting. How about this? I'll wait to the Eastern Conference Finals to watch Toronto. You don't want to spoil against it? Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to get in there too early. I want to wait. I want to build up the uh, excitement, tension there. Also, yeah. Kings Warriors tonight, Dan. Kings Warriors, no. That's you, though. I know. It, I'll watch, but it shouldn't be for anybody. It, you know, there should be a disclaimer. Yes, McLeod. That's awfully presumptuous to say the Raptors are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think my Sixers could take down the Raptors. They I'm could. Not, I'm not buying this they, 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 the The Sixers could win it all, but they usually act like the Sixers. You see, the Heat lost the Talk Cavs. About the, heat. the Heat lost the Cavs. That's another team. Oh, I'm not God. buying them. They're not dangerous. See, you change coaches, and look what the Cavaliers are capable of doing. Maybe that's all it was. How about the Celtics, by the way? They make me a little bit nervous in the East. Yeah, they, that's another team they right They should. There. The Celtics could win the East. I, I, I truly believe that. 
Once they got rid of Kyrie, I went, they can they can now win the East. I don't know about the Sixers, though. I just don't know if they're capable of being that consistent for that amount of time. But the Pelicans against the Lakers, and, and if you're watching that game tonight, watch for the following. Zion is one of the great leapers in the history of the NBA. He doesn't have a jumper. Imagine that. Because anybody who has or tries to create a jump shot, you want to create space, elevation. He has a set shot. He jumps as high as I do on his shot. And this foul line extended, he gets the ball there and either goes right or left. And he doesn't have a signature move yet, but he is dominated. Uh, you know, you double team. He's not a great passer out of the double team yet. But, you know, these are all things where you're looking at it and you're going, okay, he can refine some of these things. But watch that so-called jump shot because it's remarkable that now hopefully he'll develop something that's a little bit more aggressive. He's not 20 yet. Although if you look at Luca and you go, uh, <laughs> that guy's 20, there's a big difference there. Yeah, McLovin. You know, all you need is like just a little bit of something to scare him with a jump shot, right? You don't need it to be great. In fact, you even want it to be great because don't you want him driving to the hole? Well, no, you guys, this is the same thing that happened with the Greek freak. What did we say? Once he has that jump shot, you have to respect, then he's unguardable. I mean, look at him. You pick your poison with him. Anthony Davis did this before the Greek freak, where he was had that ability inside, uh, he could stretch the defense. He could. He has a wonderful shot. But I don't know if Zion is going to have that ability to have a wonderful-looking shot there, a, a knockdown shot. He invites contact there. Like he wants to get you to body him, and then he uses your body against you. But uh, I'll be watching that tonight just to see who's guarding him, how, how they guard him, how differently they guard him. But also, you know, my Pelicans, for some reason, they don't know how to act when Zion gets the ball. Because that's where you guys, if they, he draws to the double team, you guys should be killing it. And they don't have, for some reason, they're not knockdown jump shooters. Yes, McClellan. But it's Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday. Those guys aren't known for their jump shots. They're more yeah, creators of Brandon Ingram. They're, everybody on that team is a creator. Well, you got Reddick. He's not. Red, oh, yeah. He's awesome. All right, this day in sports history. 1964, Cassius Clay became the heavyweight boxing champion of the world and upset over Sonny Liston. I think that was in Miami, right? The first one? Was that in Miami, and then they fought in Maine? Lewiston, Maine, for the, the rematch? Yeah. 1989, Jerry Jones, uh, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, new owner of the Dallas Cowboys, fired head coach Tom Landry after mm. 29 years. Yeah. Bought the team for, what, $50 million? It's worth $5.5 billion now. Is that it? Well, this is biggest. Well, I know, but that's all you got? That's all I got. Oh, okay. We'll look at the draft uh, and the combine with Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network. He'll join us uh, coming up tomorrow. Did uh, did they run the 40 yet? When did they start running the 40? Uh, I think later in the week. The whole schedule has changed at the combine. They moved it to oh, midweek. Oh, I, I think we saw some guys benching this morning when we came in. <laughs> For what? Benching? <laughs> Bench pressing. I don't get too caught up in the combine, I have to admit. Like the 40, I'll watch if Rich Eisen's running, but I don't know too many other guys. Yes, he does that mean you don't want to go next year? Oh, I'd go. 
You know I love Indianapolis. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Great walking around city. We loved Indianapolis for the Super Bowl. I'm kind of dying to go to uh, St. Elmo's. Again, just yeah. to have the shrimp cocktail. Yeah. We should start saving up now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now it's on my dime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll get six shrimp cocktails yeah, for the five of us. Yes. Oh, boy, that's yeah. changing things, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I know. Now that AT&T <laughs> is leaving us. Zion has 44 defensive rebounds, 42 offensive rebounds this season. That's balance. Uh, what's this final segment uh, brought to you by Seton O'Connor? So happy that you asked, Dan. Uh, but maybe if you're starting a small business, oh. you want to call LegalZoom. <laughs> well, you need to make it legal. Make it LegalZoom.com. Yeah, you sure do. Just uh, make sure you use Patrick in the checkout box there at uh, LegalZoom.com where life meets legal. So if you're starting your own business. What did I learn today, McLovin? You learned that it's hard to do the What We Learned segment without Todd here. Thanks, McLovin. Talk to you tomorrow. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcast. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.